to Powwow Life Podcast from powwows.com, connecting you with Native culture since 1996. Here's your host, Paul Gowder. Oh, and welcome to the Powwow Life Podcast. I'm Paul Gowder. Thank you for being here with me. Today, I have an interview with the author and the illustrator of a new children's book called Too Much, My Great Big Native Family. Be sure to check out my book recommendations, powwows.com slash books to find this book and many others that we have recommended over there, powwows.com slash books. That will take you to our Amazon idea page and you help support powwows.com by shopping there. And at the end of this episode, I have a new thing I'm going to be trying, and I'm going to put a trivia question each week at the end of the episode. So listen all the way to the end, and if you listen and can answer the trivia question, you'll be entered, all the right answers will be entered into a drawing for a powwows.com sticker pack. That's 10 stickers, and we'll give that to the winner. Good luck. Also want to give a big shout out to our Powwow Nation supporters. Those are the people over on Patreon that's making things like this episode, our live streams, and all the other content that we produce happen. Thank you for that. If you're interested and want to join our um, Patreon, check it out over at powwownation.com. Really appreciate your support. Check it out. And thank you to all of our Patreons. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with the author and illustrator of this incredible and beautiful book. Make sure you go check it out on Amazon. It is absolutely fantastic. Here is the interview. Thank you both for being here. I'm really excited to talk about your new book. If you could introduce yourself, Laurel, if you'll go first. Sure. My name is Laurel Goodluck. And um, first, I'd like to say Dosha Medigua. Hello, all. And um, I'm Mandan Hadatsa from North Dakota and Simpshian from Alaska. Um, I'm here in Albuquerque, where I live, here in the Southwest. Uh, my husband's Navajo, and we raised um, two sons here in the Southwest. So that's where I'm coming from today. Happy to be here. Thank you. Hello, Ani Hinawea. My name is Bridget George. I am Anishinaabe from Kettle and Stony Point First Nation. Um, I right now am in London, Ontario, which is shared territory uh, with my nation, the Haudenosaunee Nation, and the Lenape Nation. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. And so, you know, I want to talk about your your book. Um, I, I got it a couple of days ago, and I've been flipping through it. First of all, it's absolutely gorgeous. I love the illustrations. That it is um, just really beautiful. And my favorite thing, and I, I kind of want to like put this on a graphic somewhere, you know, to, to keep it. But the last quote of the book about um, you know going along with the herd, getting lost. Love the story, um, Laura. Can you tell me, you know, where did you get the inspiration from this book, or you know, kind of where did this story come from? Well, it. It came from the way that I was raised by my parents. They kept the tribal tradition of a large extended family to help raise our, to raise their children. And not only the extended family, but our community too. I grew up in California. One of the first, my parents came over um, from the Indian Relocation Act and um, ended up in California, mother from North Dakota, father from Alaska. And so they had come from Haskell. They had both gone to Haskell. And so they started a Haskell alumni group. And so that alumni group 
full of intertribal families and um, people. And also my extended family came along with my parents when they relocated. So just that big, boisterous, always together, fun times um, spurred this spurred the notion of this book of sometimes you needed some room from, from that family dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's a, it's a story that anybody, you know, you know, in a big family um, and sometimes it doesn't even have to be that big to feel like you're being, you know, sometimes swallowed up. So I think it's a really <laughs> relatable story. Um, Bridget, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, your, I guess your background as an artist and where you came up with some of these designs is because like I said, this book is absolutely gorgeous. Yep. Thank you so much. Yeah. So um, I have always been like an artsy kid. Um, My background is actually in graphic design, but um, when I was in school, I really just like fell in love with illustration. Um, I got into children's books um, with my debut picture book. It was um, an author and illustrated book that kind of um, introduced the, the Anishinaabe Nation to families. In terms of like the illustrations of this book, I just, I had so much fun with it. And um, the cool kind of like spacey theme that uh, Lori puts into the text, like really jumped out at me. And I wanted to kind of, um, I guess, emphasize that as much as I could visually, because it's not very often that you see um, like indigenous kids in kind of like futuristic settings, especially as like astronauts. Um, and, oh, sorry, my cat jumped on my desk. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really wanted to kind of like visualize that idea of like the family's like big spirit and that like big energy that's always swirling around big families. And I'm curious, when you're working on a book like this, you, with one person writing the story, one person doing the illustration, what's that process like? How do you guys kind of collaborate um, and make sure that the vision it stays the same between you? Um, I'll jump in then. Um, It definitely starts with the writing and that as you learn how to craft books, picture books, especially it's a little bit special because you're trying to show and not tell because the illustrator can do that with the picture. So you're writing the words. you, You don't even know who the illustrator is going to be once the manuscript is done And um, so when it's handed over to the illustrator, you're hopefully as a writer making room for them to tell their half of the story, bring it to life in the way that they put their vision on it. So it's really a team effort, but you're never together. And it's also a team effort that extends to the publishing company, the art department, the editor that helps with the words and with the with the art. So it's a big team effort. Yeah. Bridget, what's it like for you to kind of collaborate on, on you know, telling somebody else's story with your illustrations? Uh, I think sometimes like initially it can be like a little bit intimidating because, um, you know, this is someone trusting you with like their words and you know that they have this like creative vision too. And you're kind of like coming in and putting your spin on things. But um, yeah, I mean, for me, I just, I, I really enjoy getting to work the way that I work with children's books because um once I get that initial manuscript, I'm always like taking notes immediately the first time I open it up, even if it doesn't end up being like a book that I take on because I just, I love getting that like raw manuscript and then letting my imagination just like completely run wild. For me, it's a really, um, it's a really fun way to like connect with my inner child. And uh, yeah. That's cool. And so, I mean, I'm sorry, got to hit buttons here. Um, you know, 
when I see a book like this, my first thing, my first thought is it's really exciting for uh, an indigenous student to see a book that's going to represent them. But I also wonder, you know, when this is on the shelf, what are you guys thinking about for the non-indigenous kid who picks up the book? You know, kind of where do you think the story or, or how is that going to resonate with, with all the kids in the schools as they pick up these books? Laura, you can go I first. mean, well, that, oh, go ahead. Um, go I think ahead. What I was just going to say was just that um, I think I think for me, what's really exciting, what I think is important about um, having books that have Indigenous characters and especially Indigenous characters that are um, represented in like contemporary ways and contemporary settings. I think that that's really important for non-Indigenous kids to see um, our communities and our people represented that way because it really kind of like goes against um like a lot of people's perceptions of indigenous people and communities. I can add that the writing of it was very intentional so that not only indigenous kids could see themselves in these contemporary settings, because most children's books are based on, were based in historical looking back and not in contemporary settings. So for Russell to be an astronaut in the book for other Native kids to be able to say, I, I can now dream that I can be an astronaut too, is just is one of my goals of this book. Not only that, they're in a, an aquarium, they're at the movie theater, they're racing around in cars, you know, they're at the kitchen table, they're at a restaurant. So very much wanted this book to have the theme of modern settings. Of course, not only for the indigenous kids that are going to read it, but to erase those stereotypes of, of looking at us in the past that you, a little kid may be in a classroom and not even know his neighbor is indigenous. Um, and, and now he'll know more about him that they're, they're sitting next to them. They're in their classrooms. They're in the movie theaters. They're we're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really important theme. I, um, with Powell's I come and get the question all the time, you know, especially where I'm down in the South. And um, th there is a misconception that there isn't um, a lot of native or in my state, a lot of cases, people think that it's not here at all. And so it is good to see contemporary themes and contemporary stories being told. Um, while it's so amazing to see like the, you know, uh, the golden globe win this week, that was really cool. But again, it's in a historical perspective. So I love seeing anything new. Um, I was really excited for, Marvel's show to come out this week too is you know it's a, it's a very contemporary thing. Um, well, when you when we're talking about kids, you know, picking up this book, I'm always curious, and I, I like to ask this question. You know, Bridget, kind of how did your um, how did your journey to becoming an illustrator and like if if some if somebody out there just loves to draw, um, I don't know that many people think about when they think about drawing, they're maybe thinking about doing art or graphic design or something like this. I, illustration is not probably not one of the things that comes to mind first. So how's that career path? And, you know, what can you tell kids that may be looking to go that way or don't know that they could go that way? Um, I think the, the thing that I like to share the most is that um, like, especially for indigenous kids, like our, our people are storytellers. Like yeah. we, we have so much to say visually. And um, I, I would say like practice and put, put your work out there. Like don't, don't be shy, share it with your family, share it with your community, because that's like, for me, that's really where my career kind of like 
took off and grew roots was um, making my work and sharing it with my family and community because there's there's so many people out there that like want to see you succeed and they want to see um, like their community members doing awesome things. So just create what you want to create and put it out in the world and people will resonate with it. Yeah. What, what did you, you know, what was your, um, I guess your background? Did you go to school for art or is this just something you've always done? Um, I mean, I've always like, I've definitely always been like an artsy kind of person. I was always like the kid who was um, like visiting at my auntie's house and immediately walking through the door and asking for like a pen and paper just to draw. <laughs> um, after um, I started to kind of like grow up, I, um, I got really into like photography and like basically like any sort of artsy medium I could get my hands on. I was all about. And then I learned about uh, graphic design and how it's kind of like a harmony of, um, I guess like the technical parts of like photography, but also you get to be creative and, um, visual like you would with like, um, traditional art. So I went to, um, I went and got an advanced diploma in graphic design, um, in college. And yeah, one of the courses in college was, um, it was a digital illustration course. So that was the first time I ever actually like kind of like created something sort of like how I work now. Um, and yeah, and then I guess as I became a parent, I started to become like a lot more conscientious of um, like children's books and um, storytelling in that way. And I just, things kind of just took off from there. That's cool. That's really cool. Well, congratulations on the book. I'm really excited um, to see this get released. It's coming out. Um, it'll be available everywhere the, the week of uh, what, January 23rd-ish. It'll be launched. So I hope everybody will go pick it up. Um, anything else you guys want to, to tell people about your book or, or any future projects coming up? Let's see. Um, future projects coming up. I'm working with editors on a new uh, picture book, which they just sent me the cover, one called Fierce Aunties. And um, another one with another editor called um, Ya Dala, which means good grief in Navajo. My family here in the Southwest, I'm, all, I'm very intertribal. My family's intertribal. My husband's from the Navajo Nation. Cool. How about you, Bridget? Um, this year, I have um, another book coming out um, in the springtime. It is called This Land, and it's written by um, an Anishinaabe author named Ashley Fairbanks. And it is a book that encourages uh, kids and families to reflect on the traditional territories of the nations that um, occupied the land before cities and things like that were built on. Oh, wow. so, Very cool. Well, again, thank you guys for spending a few minutes with me. Love the book. I appreciate the, your publisher sending it to me. I'm very excited to see to everybody to get their hands on it. So thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thanks for having us. Good to see you, Bridget. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Powwow Life podcast from powwows.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of our next episode. Find a powwow near you by visiting www.powwows.com forward slash calendar. Support powwows.com by visiting www.powernation.com
Good luck. Here's this week's trivia question. You can head over to powwowlife.com to fill out the form and submit your answer. All the right answers are entered into a drawing for a 10-sticker powwows.com sticker pack. Here's the question. This year, we are celebrating a big milestone. We have been live streaming for a number of years. So tell me, what year was the first year we streamed and what was the first powwow we streamed? If you've been listening or following our content, you should be able to find it. Good luck. Powwowlife.com to submit your answer. What was the first powwow and what year did we first live stream? Good luck and thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.